This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 296, Be Hypnotic, with Richard Nongard. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Welcome back to the program, and first of all, a huge thank you to everyone who has checked out the brand new podcast, Hypnotic Language Hacks, available everywhere you can find podcasts, and plus, that one goes out on video on YouTube as well, so check that out over at jasonlinette.com. So the story goes about this week's episode, though. I was having a conversation with Richard Nongard, we're basically BFFs, and we got off on a tangent about how cool hypnosis was. And because the new program goes out by way of video, the gear was already set up, and I went, hey, let's make this a podcast episode. This is some really cool stuff, because I told a story about my son being born and how hypnosis was a big part of that. He told a story about experience with his son in terms of, again, living hypnotically. So what you're about to hear is two people who have spent most of their life devoted to hypnosis nerding out and just loving on the work that we do and just sharing some fascinating stories. And even more so, the way that as instructors, the way that even as students, we don't begin our journeys uh, with the goal explicitly of opening up shop and doing the professional work of hypnosis. That wasn't my goal when I took my training in the first place. And even the people who go through Richard's events or even mine events or like the one we've got coming up in December, the ones we do together. Not everybody is there for that goal. Many people are, yet you're going to hear some stories from myself and Richard of people, everything from personal trainers to real estate agents to interior designers that, again, hypnotic communication or even just simply living hypnotically in a very vivid description of a foot surgery buckle up for that one, but instead the result of what happened by shifting that focus in a different way. Here's the real message here. The message is you can become your own best spokesperson for what you do. We had a really cool moment in a training the other night where we talked about people who graduate a hypnosis training, professional hypnotists that are out there who go, yeah, but I've never been hypnotized. If you want the fastest formula to have a lot of ineffective results with clients, and a lot of non-compliance in your office and people that are not motivated to take action, that's your solution. Uh, respectfully, stop saying that crap and work on it. This is where it's so important in a training to have a lot of hands-on experience where the students are experiencing and ratifying the hypnotic state. This is where both he and myself, we make use of, he calls them informing moments, I call them convincers, basically hypnotic phenomenon. So people have the visceral effect of the technique. I, I tell the session story of a session uh, in what you're about to hear of the moment where I said, and I've released this as a podcast episode. There's a lot of show notes here, by the way, in this week's episode, uh, worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 296, uh, because it's where I did the keynote at the ICBCH conference on hypnotic framing. And the moment where I say to a client, now this is the part you're going to be talking about later, because check this out. And it's a moment of hypnotic phenomenon. And what happens? The client talks about it later. We talk about the importance of the raving fan business model. So we were on a conversation, which by the way, this episode, we recorded video. I already had the gear set up. You might be watching me right now over at the Work Smart Hypnosis website for this specific episode. While you're there, check out WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. 
we do an online certification training, which you are going to be surprised and delighted about how interactive it is. This is not just watching lectures. This is not sitting in front of a computer for 10-hour days for a long time, which that sucks. Instead, it's this hybrid approach where you're interacting with the training materials in advance. Then we're gathering together for a three-hour module. Students from all around the world. We've got the UK, we've got Australia, we've got someone in Mexico for the next event coming up too. So, and half the group tends to be brand new to hypnosis. The other half tends to be people who are stuck inside of scripts and rigid protocols, and they want one, the evidence-based approach from Richard, and two, my approach in terms of hypnotic phenomenon and the creative applications of working in the moment, scriptless, with the client. That's the end goal of what we share with each other. So this is an online professional training and certification program. It's interactive the whole way through. You get lifetime replays to everything as well. You can check that out over at worksmarthypnosislive.com. That'll bring you directly over to the next online live hybrid event. All the details there, read through it, watch the videos because you'll see exactly how we make that work. Uh, we've been churning out professionals in an online platform. And if you want to do hypnosis online even better, it kind of makes sense to learn it online. And that's exactly what you get the experience of doing. So check that out, worksmarthypnosislive.com. However, here we go today, episode number 296 of the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast, Be Hypnotic with Richard Nongard and Jason Lynette. So Richard and I were having a conversation about something and suddenly it turned into wait a minute, your lighting is good. Uh, I'm already set up. Let's turn this into a podcast. So with that, Richard Nongard, how are you? Great. It's good to be a guest on your podcast once again. There you go. There you go. The theme of this was be hypnotic, which this is a phrase that I've used at times inside of what I share. It's one that I've heard you use as well, that really the whole premise is let's do a podcast episode talking about hypnosis without necessarily direct hypnotic applications. So just to kind of kick things off, and we'll bounce back and forth on this, I'm sure. When you think about your career, yes, we've learned hypnosis, and yes, we use it with our actual clients, but are there some side effects that you've kind of noticed along the way, sort of beyond the, the personal change aspect of the work? Absolutely. I always tell people that my job is not to hypnotize them. My job is to help them to become hypnotic. Mm -hmm. And... Hypnosis is a resource state that is well within the reach of all of us. And in my life, over the last 30 years of doing hypnosis, not only have I seen clients learn how to live hypnotically, but the benefit is that I've gotten as much benefit from my client sessions as they have, and my life has become hypnotic. Uh, I intuitively understand the situations that perhaps used to uh, baffle me before. I have found that I have uh, peace and calm in the middle of stressful situations. My first experience or inclination tends to be a positive coping strategy rather than maybe the negative coping strategies I used years ago. And I don't attribute it just to becoming older and wiser. It's because I look at life as a big giant hypnosis session. Mm -hmm. I love that as a mindset. I was glancing at my phone, not because I was distracted, but it reminded me and we'll find it and we'll link it in the show notes. Uh, we've been making it easier now, worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 296. That's how many of these we've done. 300 is fast approaching. But there's a podcast episode, the, the Tim Ferriss Show, 
where he was interviewing military personnel, uh, Stanley McChrystal. And then there was a moment, and my memory of it may be more uh, cinematic than what it was, but in my memory it was that he asked the question of, do you meditate? And at first the answer was no. And then the answer backtracked to be that, well, no, there's things that I do that are meditative, that I get a meditative quality out of the exercise that I do, the way that I make my breakfast in the morning. And that suddenly hit in terms of, yes, we can do a formal process of hypnosis. There have been times that it was helpful to sit down, close the eyes, and run a method of self-hypnosis to address something, but also to pull out that hypnotic quality of, you know, the things that we often say to clients, you're driving somewhere, you're thinking of everything other than driving in your car, and you still end up where you'd like to go. But to make that conscious choice to get swept up into an experience, I mean, I'd share a personal thing here that at one point, and this was part of the side effect, and this is probably what made me burn out of the theater career, that that was a job where you lived by the clock, that they're in the middle of the scene, and in seven minutes, we have to be ready for that scene change, and there's no, there's no moment of, Brian's tying his shoes, can we hold? No, because the show must go on. And even so, to reverse engineer, the actors show up at this time, the set has to be cleared by that time, and there's a rental coming in on Monday, and we have to clear for that. And it was this by-the-clock mindset. So I, indirectly from that, kind of developed this challenge of not being able to be really in the moment, that I was always observing it. And it was by learning some of the principles out of NLP, specifically timelines, more so about switching it rather than just going, okay, now float above it and do this. But that awareness that I can make that decision to now, I can turn that off. I can just shut down the business mind. It's my whole thing of I, I go home and then I'm home. Uh, that Absolutely. ability to switch that timeline. You know, that's hypnotic living. There's an old expression that sharpening an ax isn't actually chopping down a tree, but it's a whole lot easier to chop down the tree if you sharpen the ax first. So what I always tell people is that the value of meditation is not the 20 minutes or 40 minutes or one hour of meditation. The value of self-hypnosis or even a hypnosis session that my clients get in my office is not the 30 or 40 or 50 minutes of self-hypnosis or hypnotherapy. The value is that when they internalize the experience and then take it to go with them so that life becomes a meditation. The goal of 20 minutes of meditation is so that we can literally meditate 24 hours a day. The goal of a self-hypnosis session so that we can make life hypnotic and experience um, everything ranging from stress to our physical state to the decisions we have to make with a subconscious automatic response that's in our favor rather than the, the chaos that you know, we, we typically have when we're sort of using the evolutionary part of the mind to you know, reach into our past so that we can predict the future. And then we get to live in the power of the present moment. And that's, that's actually what hypnotic living is all about, fully experiencing this present moment. That makes me think this morning I had a client in person. So the adventures of 2020, masks and quite some distance between the two of us. And we're working on quitting smoking. Yeah, there it is for those watching the visuals of this <laughs> lovely mask. Um, we'll have to send you a purple one. We have a lot. Uh, but the experience where I could pinpoint the moment that it was a stop smoking session, we met for about two hours, I can pinpoint the moment in the after story as to where he quit. 
And all it took was, again, the shifting of focus, this ability to think differently. You know, when we're in the problem, I, I use back to the theater career, I talk about the lighting effect of the single pinpoint spotlight. And that's the only thing you can notice. Meanwhile, when the question suddenly posed to become, what comes after this? What happens when you stopping the smoking is the smallest, least significant point of a much bigger story? What's on the other side of this? And suddenly the eyes went wide. I saw every sign of trance that we would say to a student, you should be looking for these things. I saw it all in that moment where suddenly here's a recent health diagnosis, which by getting rid of the cigarettes is going to become less of an issue, possibly even non-existent. Here's the conflict where now the kids at five and six years old are going, daddy, you shouldn't be doing that. And suddenly now I could see every future event flashing through his eyes. But it was that singular moment of inviting someone to look at a situation differently. When we're in the problem, we're in the problem. I love what you said about going toward a solution or the more hypnotic phrase of start to become aware everything it is that you were not yet noticing. You know, you and I are in the middle of currently teaching an ICBCH uh, online certification class. In fact, we have another one coming up. But one of the cool things about that class is people came to that class expecting to learn how to hypnotize other people, and they do learn that. But it's been great seeing in the last class the transformation from learning the technical mechanisms for applying a pattern or an induction or something else and really getting an understanding how to sort of come alongside clients so that we're sharing trance space with them and we're, we're, we're on their side, we're on their team. You know, that's when, like you referred to your client having that aha experience, you were able to observe that because you were sharing that trance space with them. It was something that you didn't really just observe. It was something, a moment you shared with that person. And when we're doing this training program, it's so cool to see the students move from, yeah, doing a, doing an induction correctly or doing a pattern correctly and, and, and really stepping into that space with a client so that when the session's done, the, the client actually takes it with them. I would, my goal with my clients is when they come off, give them a go so that they leave hypnotic and leave with hypnosis so they can live hypnotically. 24 hours a day. Yeah, so we, we're about to wrap up uh, current training. We've got another one starting in December. I, I give that as the framework because, which we'll link to that over in the show notes or just go to Work Smart Hypnosis Live. That's where it is. But I, I mentioned this as a setup because there's a story of the class I did before this current one that you were not a part of. So you get to hear the story for the first time as well. Uh, there's one person in the group, and I'll make this as general yet specific as is appropriate here that we were kind of engaged in a conversation and just on Facebook Messenger, there was some moment of, hey, I had a question about this. I had a question about that. And there was a moment of just kind of reorganizing an aspect of the class and just, I want to get feedback at all times. And I'm going, hey, what did you think about this? And there was some really cool feedback. And I just simply asked, how's it going for you? And she goes, well, I'm really excited about, she's what I like to call a hyphenate. Uh, who had other wellness specialties and is now adding hypnosis on top of this. This is all important to the setup because she goes, I already have some of my uh, students, some of my clients in my other markets 
kind of, you know, beating down my door going, I want to do this with you. When are you going to get started? Let me be one of your first clients. No, I really want to work with you. And she was in her head at first going, well, you know, here's this person who recommended your class to me and maybe you should go to them first. And they're like, no, I know you. I want to come to you. The number of personal breakthroughs that I got the side story is to suddenly again, notice everything that you were not yet noticing that we find this moment where suddenly back to the lighting metaphor, the work lights turn, turn on and we see everything for what it is. This brings me back to the, the simple fact that, and I'm sure you've got stories of this too, not everybody takes a hypnosis training with the explicit goal of opening up shop and becoming a hypnotist. I had a guy, this goes back about seven or eight years now, he was on a student visa from somewhere in the Middle East, and he's over at a major university here in Virginia. Look at the geography, take a guess, you're right. Uh, and he was there, and it was a program for physical therapy. So he is, what is it, five or 6,000 miles from home, stranger in a strange land, going through this educational program, interrupting his entire life to now be here for a few years to get this degree as a physical therapist. And think of the expectation, think of the buildup. And now he's hearing from his professors, look, you're going to teach people exercises, but they're not going to do them. That's why you schedule them for 24 appointments. And he's hearing that. And I don't know the Arabic equivalent of there's got to be a better way but there has to be one. And he starts to look around and he sees research. He found some of the studies. I always point to the 1996 Irving Kirsch study where everybody was in a diet plan and half the group were doing hypnosis to reinforce it. You and I've talked about this one before in a previous uh, podcast about uh, hypnotic research. We're referencing everything. Worksmarthypnosis.com, 296. That's where you find everything. He found a study, I don't know if he found that one, but he found one like that one. And he goes, oh, wait, here's the thing that helps to increase compliance. Let me go do that. And luckily, the training I was doing happened to be during a class break. And the end result, let's fast forward to the end. He's the student with permission. He is now running a workshop for other people in the program, and the professors are attending about language patterns for better compliance. I've had chiropractors go through the class and report the same thing. And I've had a real estate agent who goes, the way that I can better communicate that, okay, so there's a crack in the wall before the inspection, before the people look at the house, before it's on the market, let's get that fixed. Oh, that's probably nothing. You're right. However, remember in Virginia, we had an earthquake in 2011. And they're going to remember that. And now they're going to think there's structural damage and they're not going to make an offer. Let's get it looked at, but let's also patch it. And she goes, before my language would have been what I've heard a personal trainer try to say, well, I'm your agent. So you need to do what I say because I've sold more houses than you have, which is not how you build rapport. She goes, I could present it now to be their benefit. And she goes, yes, well, I've helped a few friends with stress and weight loss the bigger benefit is my language is now so much more precise. And exactly what you said is why I tell the story. She was able to go to the solution first and find a way to bring them along for that ride. Absolutely. You know, when, when I'm doing training or when I'm working with clients, it's really cool to be able to see come back at a second or third class session or second or third hypnosis. They walk in the door with a smile on their face because they're excited to share that it actually worked. You know, and here's the cool thing about hypnosis. 
you know, there's over 12,000 peer-reviewed journals that show the efficacy of hypnosis, that it works to help people make behavioral changes, to deal with difficult emotions, to uh, overcome self-defeating patterns, to deal with medical complications. Uh, so we know hypnosis works. But when people experience hypnosis and they walk in the office, that smiles on their face and they have something really they're ready to share. This also becomes in my practice, my best source of referrals. People learn how to be hypnotic. Uh, people notice the difference. They say, well, you quit smoking, but it's more than that. Well, you know, what else is going on with you? And uh, they say, I've learned how to, you know, I've learned how to maximize the moment, to get more done, to, uh, to, to accomplish my dreams, to uh, be a human do uh, being instead of a human doing, to uh, quote uh, South Park, South Park gets the credit, but it's actually an expression from John Bradshaw back in the, back in the 1980s. And, and it's really cool to see how the power of hypnosis changes people. You know, you said uh, a moment ago that some of your um, students don't come to the class with the intention of opening up, quitting their job, opening up a hypnosis clinic and being a full-time hypnotist. I have a lot of people who attend my trainings uh, because, yes, they do intend to become a hypnotist and open up a business and do that for a career. I have a lot of people, like you said, who recognize, hey, th by becoming hypnotic, I can enhance my sales my sales rapport, uh, my sales closing techniques, or uh, if they're a, a healthcare professional, my interactions, my bedside manner. Uh, you know, I, I have people who simply come because they want to benefit themselves. They want to learn how, you know, I always say that um, nobody goes into mental health counseling uh, to help other people first. They go into mental health counseling to find their own solutions. And if anybody's having difficulty in life, anyone's trying to learn how to rise to their highest level of performance, to do things better and more effectively, you know, become certified in hypnosis because you're going to learn uh, those methods that not only help others, but help us first. The idea of transformational leadership is that the leader transforms in order to help other people transform. Which, yeah, absolutely. The, the applications of how we can do that beyond that. I was on the phone with someone last night uh, that, by the way, we just she just signed up for the December event, I'm telling you here in front of everybody. Uh, and the conversation was, she goes, and here was the intro to it, because I mentioned that I took my original training without ever having the goal of opening up shop and working with clients. Yeah, so look what happened. So, <laughs> But I was actually the smart ass in the back of the room doing stage hypnosis programs for schools. And yes, the first thought was, if I have letters after my name, the show might be worth more maybe. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of guessing at how this works. Let me get some better training. And now it became practically all that I do. The thing that helped launch the new podcast, Hypnotic Language Hacks, which is that's going out to a business community. And the thing that they're responding to is not just the words and patterns, not just, you know, let's use the example of a mind read versus the let's nerd out on vocabulary here. Uh, rather than in sales go, I know what you're thinking, which, no, you don't. <laughs> but we can use something non-specified to go, well, at this point, excuse me, at some point, at this point, some people might be wondering the next statement, which then you're inviting them to then grab a hold of that belief system and realize that might have been one of their objections. If you explain something in advance, it's education. If you explain something after the fact, it's an excuse. And right there, there's the value of a quality pre-talk. So I've had, again, real estate agents, I've had personal trainers, uh, the value of just simply pre-framing to explain ahead of time, this is what's going to be happening. I'll share, let's actually give a specific method here. There's a technique, which the origins of this I first saw 
from uh, Don Martin of look for the possible outcomes. Now, his delivery was a third of the people noticed this result, a third of the people noticed that result, and the other third noticed this. And I took that and kind of changed it to go, well, let's stack the deck. The overwhelming majority of people noticed this response, and others may notice that response, but then a few people may notice this one. So I changed the sort of measurements of how those things are presented, very clearly leaving out the fourth option of uh, nothing happened, nothing worked. Yeah, but the result becomes they're walking back into the office exactly as you said. Let's call out uh, Derek Chapman in the UK because he does something I think is brilliant. He takes, with permission, before and after photos of his clients, all of them even not just for weight loss, because he, as he calls out, he goes, they look younger, they're carrying less stress. So if I can present the viable options as to what results you're going to notice, and because now the majority of people notice this response, as you said, they're coming back in and they're carrying themselves differently, like the photos that Derek does, you see it in their face. No, I've always I've, said I'd like to take a picture before the session and at the end of the session, one session, yeah. because there's always a huge difference. Uh, let me tie up. I, let me tie up the end of that. That in one training, this event specifically was a weekend course, and there was a chiropractor, and of all things, there was an interior designer. And to hear how both of them went, you know what? I've been using that this week. And the designer, she goes, my clients are reaching decisions faster and they're not expressing buyer's remorse. I'm going, no, 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 wait, come back. Let's do the colors again. The chiropractor goes, my patients are actually doing the exercises I've taught them. What the heck? I go, you're welcome. <laughs> so the way that we can stack the expectation, it's not just the individual words, but it's where, you know, you do your skills building induction. There's an approach you do in terms of how th this is what's great about training with you, that you have your way of doing it. I have my way of doing it. And our students get both. And there's times where we respect and, and, and they end up developing their own way of doing it. From right. Many different options we teach. Them. So, so in that class, here were two people in two different industries who took a technique and made it entirely their own. Both of these people, just as a hobby, occasionally, sometimes for pay, see paying clients as a hypnotist. But the sort of macro result of using the communication modules is where they're seeing some of the biggest of impact. I'm curious in terms of in terms of a personal side of it. I know you've talked at times about getting over a fear of flying. Yeah, you know, I've used hypnosis to change my life in many different ways. But clients ask me, they, you know, I, I do my pre-talk, I do paperwork in my office. And then they say, have you ever used hypnosis? Everybody should be able to answer that affirmatively. We should be, in order to help our clients, exceptional subjects. We should be good at self-hypnosis and we should actually work with other hypnotists to address some of our own issues. You know, I, you know, decades ago, I was afraid to fly, but the reality is I'm, you know, executive platinum on American Airlines and I love flying and I fly all over the world now. You know, I've used hypnosis in a number of different ways. I've dealt with chronic pain. I've had, you know, multiple orthopedic surgeries. Uh, when I went back to my uh, foot doctor after having an artificial joint uh, in my in my foot, uh, the nurse said, as soon as I walked in, she said, a doctor be with you in a minute. Do you uh, want me to refill your medication? And I said, well, that's not possible. She said, well, sure it is. I'll just call it in. I said, well, in order to refill it, I would have had to fill it in the first place. And she said, 
She said, you didn't fill your pain medication? I said, well, no. She said, aren't you in pain? And I said, wow, now that you've brought my attention to it, I suppose he did just cut my foot open, rip out the joint, sand down the ends of the bones, insert an artificial joint, sew my foot back together. Yeah, I, it hurts like heck. And, and, and she said, and you don't need any pain medication? I said, this is reframing. I said, oh my gosh, I guess it does hurt, but it feels so much better than the pain that brought me here in the first place. Yeah. I feel wonderful. And she just looked at me and she said, weirdo, doctor will be here. <laughs> you know, but that's about living hypnotically, being able to apply the solutions to our own lives. I'm flashing back to uh, part, of the, part of the story when my wife delivered our daughter, when our daughter was born. The doctor's story was, yes, you had, every, uh, you had every side effect you can get to an epidural that's not death. And it was excruciating for three days and it became the classic what's now hypnobirthing story of the next one's going to be different. So it was a funny moment where it surprised me where Michelle goes, hey, we should look into hypnobirthing. And I went, oh, I think Mickey Mongan's doing a class coming up in August. I'll go. She goes, yes, you're already going up to that conference anyway. Take the week off and go. I'm like, oh, you did your research. You know me. <laughs> Which um, a big part of that program is exactly what we just talked about of framing. And it's all about changing out. And these are standard things that most of us know in hypnosis. The way that don't talk about pain, talk about pressure. The same way as in, um, you know, the aspect of rather than difficulty, talk about opportunity. It's where you put your focus. The same way that in business, uh, sometimes there's the client who uh, might forget the session despite having amazing systems that remind them. And it's surprising to people that I don't have a cancellation fee. I, I don't have that in my business. Now I have a rescheduling policy. And yes, they're the same thing, but the difference is cancellation fee, we hear that as a penalty. Rescheduling policy, they are apologizing and even thanking me if we end up enforcing it and then rescheduling their appointment. So in hypnobirthing, it's not a contraction, it's a surge, which is a good description of what's happening. And I had this aha moment of, hey, damn, that actually works. When our son had been born, she delivered, she goes, it was not pain-free, but I was in control of the entire process. Only about an hour after he was out in the world, uh, did she go, I think I could use like a Tylenol or something. And just two over-the-counter things is what the nurse brought her. We're then from that room in the modern medical system, we're then from that room into another room for 24 hours before we can take baby Max home. He's now seven years old. And the, the shift changes and the new nurse walks in and she's got the clipboard. There's the big image on the wall of the frowny face and the happy face and the numbers from zero to 10. And out of her mouth, she says, which we had an amazing doctor for this because she goes, oh, good, natural childbirth. You've got my phone number. Just text me when you're ready. <laughs> it's just, she got it. And the new nurse comes in and on a level of zero to 10, where's your pain? And in that moment, I could see Michelle, I could feel myself. We both winced because for three days, we had never used that word. And she suddenly goes exactly what you just said. She goes, oh, I feel it now. Huh. Yeah, 
it's amazing how noticing things makes a difference. And that's why when I do hypnosis training and people are like, what's your favorite induction? I think it's going to be complicated. My favorite induction is a skill building induction. I teach them the skills that are going to be a benefit to them when the session is long over so that they can essentially access the resource states we create in my office on their own. And sometimes new hypnotists who are business inclined say, well, doesn't that keep them from coming back? They can do it themselves. Uh, well, one, it increases my referrals. Uh, but people love to come back and they come back because they want to continue the mentorship. And, and I, as a hypnotist, I view myself as a mentor, really helping them to apply these things in a number of areas of life. Yes. Yeah, so today's episode was, uh, we were already having a quick conversation about something and nerding out on hypnosis. And again, hey, we need to share this with people. Some of these stories I haven't told here before. I don't think I've talked about the birthing process. You've mentioned we have our uh, live and online hybrid training that's coming up. And the structure of this is cool. really cool where uh, we're gathered together. The first event is coming up on December 1st, and it's a weekly event. And it's the whole wonder of the reverse classroom where in advance of the actual training time, you're interacting with the videos, you're learning on your own time, which becomes really cool because then we're only gathered together for a three hour block and very often brief bit of discussion and three hour block on a weekly basis. Yeah. Not and this was amazing because we've had them practicing some pretty advanced stuff and the group we're just wrapping up with. Uh, it's just a rock star group because they were jumping in two weeks ago, like halfway through. They were regressing to positive experiences and drawing out resources and establishing anchors. We're very often in the middle of a class for most trainings, they're reading a script and then here's another script. So it's about getting into the actual mechanics of what's working right now in a modern profession. And this is what kind of came out of this indirectly that more and more people, this was the conversation last night. She goes, I'm kind of fed up with my job. And I was a client of hypnosis years ago. And something about this is fascinating me. I'm not quite sure yet where it's going to take me, but I'm kind of compelled to go, I want to learn more about this and put this into use. But that ability to, again, utilize the skills and practice, here, here's the reality of it this is that sort of new normal of having a viable action of working with clients online. The guy who I saw this morning, it's been three weeks since I had a client in the office. I've been seeing everyone online. He was local enough that I'm like, well, yeah, we can do it. Come on in, just, you know, masks by the door and all that fun. But the aspect of if you want to get really good at working with clients online, it kind of is logical to learn it online as well. And, and the ICBCH, we've been doing online training for you know, 15 years. Um, there's, there's some other groups that are finally realizing you can use the internet to train people, but I can get a college, I can get a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering online. I can get a doctorate in clinical psychology and become a licensed psychologist online. It, there's no reason one can't learn hypnosis online. The issue for us as instructors is to be able to create into the online learning experience mechanisms for feedback and practice, and then integrating that practice into their opportunities in their real world but a, a good instructor should be able to do that. They do it in colleges and universities all over the country and actually high schools and middle schools now. And, and so after 15 years of doing IC, ICBCH uh, training, uh, both online and live and in hybrid programs, you know, we found it to be a highly effective way to become certified as a professional hypnotist. You, you know why I'm smiling. 
Yes, I do. Yeah. Trusting adults to learn online for 15 years. Uh, no, but the aspect of well, I've been realizing training professionals online. You've been at it for longer the, than that. Yeah, yeah. since 19... God, how old are you, Richard? 90, <laughs> I'm, I'm really old. I'm old enough. I've been doing hip... My first NLP pattern, I learned 37 years ago. I actually dye my hair, so that's why it's... Uh, black and blends into my background rather we're than doing me. this one on I've audio but also the cameras time. i get the grays in the beard i'm letting it go for right now you know i've been doing this for a long time and but the thing is i've been doing online education for a long time also uh, my first website in 1999 was whttp colon backslash backslash www.galstar.net backslash tilde nonguard and uh and so, you know, mental health professionals who I've been training since the 90s have been learning online and uh, I've been doing hypnosis training online and in hybrid programs now for 15 years or more. And you know, I love you, but it's a website. It's not MS-DOS. It's a forward slash. We could still be friends though. Uh, yeah. So if you head over to Work Smart Hypnosis Live, that's our next event. Now we keep it we keep it down to a small size group because that way when we go out into the practice sessions and the breakouts, then we're able to hop in and monitor and give specific feedback along the way. The, the key thing too, is this is what, uh, this is what helped us to fill up our train the trainer event, which we don't have one of those scheduled yet, but hypnotherapyboard.com. You'll see that as soon as we announce the next one too, for those that are probably in, February. That, probably in February, but it's where, you know, someone who signed up was announcing an eight day training that were nine hour days, which again, in our language, there's got to be a better way. The fact that he wants to sit on Zoom for nine hours a day. Yeah, Michelle got a master's in arts and administration, and only a few of those were actually in real time. They were watching and reading in advance, which makes it so, again, as the class gathered at a major university to get a master's degree, they were watching and learning in advance, which made it so as they gathered, the grading of the class was based on the active discussion of the themes because arts administration, that's nonprofit arts, that's fundraising, that's development work. And so much of it was about the facilitation of the relationships. And I was watching her as she was doing that. And I know the timing exactly because she walked across the stage and got her degree with our daughter, Claire, and a Bjorn, two days old. This is a theme of ours. Uh, <laughs> that's why we only have two kids and we're done. But the experience of how we can enhance a training by making it so we can capture the event, students can go back and learn it and watch it over and over, and then they're enhancing it by looking at material beyond it as well. So sharing our stories of living hypnotically, being hypnotic, but also an invitation. If this is not how you were trained, if you find yourself still kind of stuck with scripts and rigid protocols, which those are great, frameworks equal freedom. You know, it's then as we learn to break away and work creatively with our client. We, we've got a crew right now that they're wrapping up. They're graduating the Tuesday before uh, this releases on Thursday. Half the people are brand new to this. The other half are well-seasoned and significantly trained, but noticing those gaps of wanting more flexibility. You hinted at this earlier, but let's elaborate on the importance of, uh, as former guest Curtis Ryle said, of not doing throw spaghetti at the wall hypnosis, but instead working from an evidence-based approach. Can you expand on that further? Well, there's, there's tons of studies that show hypnosis actually works. When I have a new client in my office, I've never Which is actually a very important factor, it turns out. 
Yeah. But, you know, I should start with the methods that we know are actually most helpful. And hypnosis isn't a mystery. They've been researching it for decades. There's piles of research, not only on, on does hypnosis work, but when, when hypnosis does work, it tells us what methods were used. And when we teach new hypnotists those methods that are evidence-based, they improve their efficacy. They, they help people become hypnotic. And they get increased referrals. So, I, of course, I'm a big fan. That doesn't mean we can't be experimental or experiential. What it does mean is that my obligation is to my clients. So I, I go with what's most likely to help them first and then go down from there into the other strategies or techniques or ideas. Awesome. So you can check it out over at WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. We'll send that directly over to the next online event, which spaces are filling up for. Uh, be sure to check out the show notes for this episode too, WorkSmartHypnosis.com forward slash the numbers 296. That's the episode number because we've mentioned everything from hypnobirthing to Tim Ferriss to uh, military personnel like you do. Uh, Richard, any final thoughts for the listeners out there? Be hypnotic in everything that you do. Look for hypnosis everywhere. You know, uh, probably 15 years ago, I was wandering around the uh, botanical garden in Montreal with my son, and I made a video and I just titled it Hypnosis because we spent the day looking for hypnosis that was naturally occurring. Hypnosis is all around us, and so learn how to be hypnotic rather than to simply do hypnosis. Life will transform for you and your clients. Jason Lynette here once again, and as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program, for sharing it on your social media streams, leaving your reviews online as well. I love those. And once again, you can head over to WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com to learn all about our upcoming hybrid online certification event. And look, even if certification is not your goal, look at the amount of stuff you're going to receive, look at the skills and outcomes you're going to create. And as someone who teaches the business strategies of what's working to bring the clients in, you're also going to be getting from me what's working right now to create powerful change in a rapid amount of time with your clients, whether you're in person, from a distance, with masks, or even online. Join us, WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. See you there. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com.